This is Making It Happen by Sims, a podcast that brings people, business and technology together. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Making It Happen podcast by Sims International. Uh, I'm very excited today to be joined by a long-time partner, a long-time customer, um, an industry stalwart in um, Ian Nevercott and Matt Royal from ProBrand. Ian um, is the Supply Chain Director of ProBrand. He's been a role a long time, although when you see him, you wouldn't have thought that. And, uh, and Matt uh, holds the role of the Marketing Director. And we're going to be covering some pretty interesting topics today. Um, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening at ProBrand, uh, and I think they've got a great story to tell. So before we get started, welcome, chaps. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, how are you? Yeah, all good, all good. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having us. We're uh, we're we're uh, we're really pleased to be here. So yeah, great. Yeah, we're all good. Ready to fire away. Ready to fire away. Well, thank you on behalf of Sims. Um, I know, as I said before, the story is a, a fascinating one, and it's exciting. I think our audience will really enjoy it. So before we get into that, could perhaps if you could just uh, introduce yourself, your roles, and, and what it is that program do to so those that don't know, please. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll start. I'll do my intro then. I guess uh, I guess Matt. So yeah, so I'm Ian Nethercott. I'm supply chain director for ProBrand. Um, so um, uh, I mean, yeah, as you as you said, uh, Kevin, I've been uh, been in the business now almost 19 years. <laughs> so uh, so quite quite a long time. So I've seen uh, seen a lot of changes in the in in both ProBrand and the industry. Um, but uh, but yeah, I look after um, well everything supply chain really. So in terms of our vendor. And distribution, commercial partnerships, um, obviously our internal procurement and category management teams, uh, customer services, and logistics. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, quite a quite a quite a bit of involvement I have across the across the spectrum of the business. So, an extremely busy schedule, I should imagine. Uh, and knowing you as I have done for many years, um, I would say you do all of those at full speed all the time as well. So, um, uh, pretty pretty much, yeah. There's a there's a, I've got I've got a drawer of a fair few hats I have to put on from time to time. So uh, so so yeah, it's uh, it's all it's all good fun. keeps uh, keeps us busy. So, <laughs> and importantly, he seems to have retained his good looks and hair colour, which and it helps that if you start with those things as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um my name Matt Royal. I'm the marketing director over at ProBrand, um, looking after the, the full suite, covering everything from brand through corporate comms over into lead generation, and that is online and offline. So multi-channel, multi-touch approach to uh to acquiring and um and retaining customers, really. Great, thank you. And um, if you, if I could ask, could you just give an overview on programs in terms of the product services and, and the markets you address? Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of, it's a good question that, and I'd, I'd, what I'd like to do is maybe go a step further than just explaining what we do, because the I guess the part of the reason for us being on the podcast is all about we're, we're changing a few things up and we're disrupting the market, which is really really positive. So we're a thirty year business, uh, privately held, which is quite unique in our in our sector. Um, and traditionally, we were we were an IT reseller, okay, selling hardware and software lines. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we decided that actually we need to look a lot more closer at the the end user community in terms of we'd spotted some changes, we'd spotted some dynamics, and ultimately, what we found was that you know we've got the rise of online marketplaces, which is changing how people buy. We we all on this call, everybody who's listening, will will be familiar with going online and, and buying, you know, researching and buying, right? But B two B buyers now want this kind of consumer style process, but with B2B pricing and, and policies and procedures to match into whatever their corporate entity looks like. And we also looked in and discovered, you know, complexity of the supply chain is causing a lot of frustration out there, inefficiency with both buyers and suppliers. And that's really delivering high cost of sale because you've got manual human intervention at every step of that. And that's ultimately delivering poor value for IT buyers, but they might not necessarily have known about that. And then and then the last piece of the jigsaw really is volatility and volatility in particular around price and stock, you know, and that means that IT buyers, whether they're IT people or procurement people are wasting huge swathes of time and money trying to just keep up with the market. And it's, 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 it's to that story where we then repositioned and pivoted the business to 
you know, capture that opportunity and, and use it as an opportunity to digitize um, what we saw was a, a market ripe for it. And, and, and as a result of that, we launched what is the, the first B2B marketplace dedicated to selling IT products and services, connecting that, that IT buying community openly and transparently with the distributor and vendor community. And that, that really, when you, grant, you, know, you cut out all of, the, all of the story and everything I just talked about there, it's really about taking that hassle, pain and frustration out of IT purchasing to save people time and money. So we're saving people time and money buying products and, and services, and we've got a bunch of features geared, geared towards that, basically. So I, I hope that answers your, your question, Kevin, there, because I know it's quite a long answer to a very short question, but I think, um, I think it's important to take people on that journey because we've not just come up with this and said, oh, we're going to go online and launch a web shop because we're, we're fundamentally not a web shop. No, it certainly does. And I um, actually, a lot of the points you, you, you've kind of raised there, I, I know we're going to go into more detail as we kind of explore those throughout the podcast. I guess as an overview, um, a little bit about program, I know you mentioned you're pub, uh, privately owned, um, around 50 million turnover. I assume you address maybe private and public sectors, um, maybe is it three and a half thousand, north of three and a half thousand customers? Yeah, it's it's three and a half thousand customers. Um, we've got six, so we've got best part of 150 employees. 63% of those work in the services side of the business. Yeah, remembering yeah. that we've we've got a catalogue of 300,000 hardware and um, software lines, but we also have the other side of the business, which is um, services, cloud solution, managed IT services and cloud solutions. Um, and we have uh, best part of 50, a team of 50 in-house technical engineers, which, you know, a lot of people uh, forget that we necessarily have. Um, public sector and private sector, 50-50 splits, but we're very much um, focused in on the mid-market. And how do we define mid-market? Well, it's generally speaking 30 users plus up to about the 500 sweet spot. Yeah. You know, those companies who have an IT team, but also those companies that don't have an IT team, um, and then into the larger enterprise space, public and private sectors being uh, where there's, there's there's more procurement people in there. Brilliant, thank you. And I guess uh, going back a touch, you mentioned a catalog of over 3,000 different items at any time, uh, 300,000 different items at any time. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I guess, hopefully, we've got a veteran in the supply chain side of things, in, in Ian with us, and a celebrity <laughs> in his own right. So the, the last three years in particular, especially around electronic components, I know have been very tough. You know, we're yeah. in that market ourselves, and I know it, it expands far beyond memory. Mm. Um, could you give us a short overview on, on kind of what you've seen from your business and why you know, I've seen some really important information that you've been communicating what it is you've been doing and how you've been helping your customers uh, around these supply challenges yeah sure yeah it's um it's been uh it's it's been a pretty a pretty tough time it's fair to say from a supply chain point of view i think uh i'm i'm kind of known as as mr doom and gloom i think in in the organization <laughs> now because it feels like for the last few years i've only ever had bad news you know it's like well oh we've uh, you know we've now got lockdowns in china we've now got a, a, a you know a ship stuck in the suez canal we've now got this we've now got the other and it's um it just it's just been one bad story after after the other and and it's been there's no two ways about it. it's been super super challenging from a supply chain point of view uh, and and it still is you know we're, we're we're far from out of the woods yet um i think we we are um from an it supply chain point of view we are in a better situation than we were 6 12 months ago for sure there is that, that light at the end of the tunnel is, is getting bigger um but it but we you know we still have a lot of uh, a lot of constraints in in a whole number of categories and um and i think you know we you know right back from the beginning we um we we really put ourselves forward in terms of um educating our customers uh, around what those supply chain challenges were but more importantly how you know how can we help them overcome those challenges you know what what guidance and advice can we offer uh to, to to business end users out there in how to circumvent these problems the best way we can i mean we're all you know we're all in the same problem um but but it was just i guess advising customers in terms of what what those tactics and strategies might be to to overcome some of those problems and and so we uh i think very early on we were recognized as a um 
you know, very much a, a, an industry face, I think, um, from a supply chain point of view. Um, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we were on BBC Newsnight, ITV News at 10, and, and a whole raft of uh, articles, Financial Times, and, um, you know, and, we, and, we've, and, and which was great, great for, for us and our brand, but, um, but it, was, it was great for our customers to, to start to recognise us as a, you know, true trusted advisor, really. Um, and and, and we, we actually, you know, came to a point where we had customers kind of coming to us saying, you know, what's the next, what's the latest news? You know, they actually genuinely came forward proactively to us and said, you know, can you give us the latest insights, what's going on, which is great, you know, which is great for us. So we're, we're you know, we're offering some true value out there to customers in terms of, um, in terms of what the, what the reality is, what the state of the nation is out there from a supply chain point of view. So, and we, and we absolutely continue to do that. You know, we, um, we do a lot of work with, um, uh, with, with supply chain, uh, publications in in the world of SIPS, uh, which obviously are the, the you know global recognised body for procurement professionals, uh, we do a lot of work with them in their in their supply chain magazines and various sort of articles that um, uh, that I put a lot of press pieces out there to, to again just to continually help sort of IT buyers um, uh, as I say overcome these challenges really. So, uh, and that's and that's really interesting, and I think. Um... Just to touch on a point you made there, then. So, lots of information, transparent communication to customers from suppliers and with customers, and you know, lots of publications, lots of information readily available. Mm. How did you find that customers actually changed? Obviously, you said, yeah, they came to us, they asked for more information. Did it change their buying patterns in any way, or, or how you serviced them? Um, yeah, I think I think it it it, it has because um, I think because we've you know we've been very transparent in terms of in terms of the genuine the genuine issues out there they they you know they they start to build that trust very quickly in us and as I say see us as that trusted advisor and actually um, you know they um, you know they employ some of the some of the strategies we 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 give them guidance and advice around for example you know we we were in, er, encouraging customers to be start to be a lot more flexible in their choices because you know we, we're in a position where nobody could be too choosy in terms of what brand and exactly what product we want because if that that brand and product is in super constraint for months and months away then you know we, we need to start educating them in okay look there's other technologies other brands that you need to consider and um and and we did we did see some of that we did see um and we still do you know see customers who who do take that guidance on board when um and and there's been there has been a lot of um i think bridges burnt out there that we've seen with with customers and some of their existing suppliers because they've just been given false information you know they've mm -hmm. had fabricated details um you know just to just for somebody to take an order you know they'll say oh you know yeah we'll get that in a couple of weeks and actually it's just nonsense you know that you know when when we get to them and say well look this is the reality these are going to be in constraint for the next six months and because of this reason and because this component is in shortage and you know and, and when you can actually give them the the meat to the bone in terms of all of that information they're like all oh, right okay these guys know what they're talking about i better listen and and you know do what do what they're advising kind of thing so i, think, I suppose sorry sorry Matt, i suppose from that side it just helps with an informed purchase decision and actually longer cycles and, and better planning yeah yeah ultimately yeah i mean it's um i think we're we're you know, we, we've been through a time where, uh, you know, businesses have, 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 you know, need to plan much, much further ahead than, than, than what they ever have before. You know, when we've got, you know, we've got, we've got some products now that we're being given like three, 400 day lead times for, it's just unbelievable. Uh, absolutely crazy. But that is the reality that we're in. So, you know, we, we, you know, we've been telling customers a lot that, you know, you need to start now thinking about what, what's your, IT procurement strategy for the next 12, 18, 24 months. You know, that's how far out you've got to plan. Because if all of a sudden you're going to come yeah. and place an order and you go, yeah, look, it's a year's lead time, <laughs> you know, it's a, it completely throws their whole business plans and strategy out and things like this. So we, you know, we, we're encouraging uh, customers to get into much deeper strategic conversations much, much earlier um, than, than what they ever have before, which, um, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that we're seeing, we're seeing customers who are taking that on board for sure. Um, and yeah, that's just, that's just the, you know, the world that we're in now really. So. 
No, that's perfect. And Matt, sorry, is there anything to add from your side to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, we we went through a period where we saw a cycle of people, as Ian was saying there, you know, uh, potentially being let down by other suppliers. But we, we'd have customers place an order with us. It would go on to essentially a back order because it was in constraints. Customers would then change their mind. Oh, I can get it from elsewhere. So, you know, and it's like, okay, well, hang on a sec. Just think about this because once you leave, you're essentially joining the back of the queue. You've got to realize that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and away they go. And then they come back because yes. they've then been let down by somebody else. And we've, I think, um, something that really underpins our credibility as a business is, is the fact that we can show people the data that we're talking, you know, upon which we're talking about, you know. Um, and, and as Ian says, that builds our credibility as a trusted advisor. So that that cycle of people just trying to get whatever they can possibly get from anywhere, they've seen them place an order with us, move away, and then come round, come right back around again and say, "Ah, oh, actually, yeah, you guys are right. Can I can I jump back in? Where, uh, well, you've got to join the back of the queue." Yeah, and I think actually, even in our experience, you know, we don't manage by anywhere near the, the same amount of products that you do at your end. But even on our side, what we've seen is an increased loyalty as a result of mm. actually open communication. As yeah. long as it's transparent, as long as it's open, as as it's clear, <clears throat> yeah, I think that does foster loyalty. So it's great to hear that you you've had success in that. Ian, from your side, um, what does the future hold around supply challenges? When when are we likely to see any, an end of it? Oh, there's the million dollar question. <laughs> if, uh, if, if 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 only I knew. I mean, there's you know, look, there's there's a lot of a lot of things going on in this in the supply chain in terms of you know improvements. These we I think it's fair to say we've all heard. Um, a lot around chip shortages and and you know that's been in the that's been in the press now for a long time you know and that there are there are steps being made in the supply chain to overcome those challenges you know you've got um uh, intel all the major uh, cpu manufacturers they you know they're building additional fabrication uh, facilities to, to to get up to speed with the demand you know in the market and things like this but obviously these things take time you know the you can't you know, build a load of factories and start production and, and and get the output going. It takes months, even even you know, a couple of years and so on. So there's there's things that are happening in the background that are that are bubbling away to help uh, to help you know um, uh, start start reducing these these problems down. Uh, I think logistics is getting into a better shape than what it was. I mean, there was a, there's there's been a whole raft of challenges just from a logistics point of view obviously more locally we've had brexit to contend with as well um uh, you know but obviously with the pandemic there's been a whole raft of challenges right across the globe with 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 shortages with sea freight and air freight and, and so on and so forth that is that's absolutely in a in a getting into a better situation now and and and, and that's recognized that we're starting to see um you know prices of containers come down to where they were i mean it was it was crazy i mean we got to you know that a container was like twenty five thousand dollars to ship a container from China, which is just bonkers. You know, it, it used to be five thousand, four or five thousand dollars or something. You know, pre pandemic. So, um, and and but that's coming much, uh, you know, back down to a much more um, reasonable level now. I think we're probably somewhere between seven and ten thousand dollars a container or something. So that you know, the, the signs that these sorts of things are uh, you know are improving and, and getting back to normal. Um, I, I think um, I think we've got probably i think we've probably got realistically another six months to go until we we start to see much more normality um you know i think we, we there's 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 a lot of improvements in certain categories that were in a lot of constraints six 12 months ago I and mean, we saw you know just standard laptops and and monitors and these kinds of products were in heavy heavy constraint there's a lot more availability now in standard device and things like that it's other niche categories now that we're seeing specific constraints in um switching in infrastructure categories is absolutely one of those one of those problems still um and other pockets of areas uh you know dotted around uh, the product set but um i think i think we're probably four to six months away until we start to see more you know a lot wider spread normality i guess across the supply chain and that's just an opinion um you know because it is very very difficult um to to you know to to kind of know and forecast these problems you know there's there's all sorts of component shortages raw material shortages and a whole manner of different reasons as to what's you know what's causing these uh, these problems so um but um but yeah it's it's getting better it's getting better for sure it's not um it's not all doom and gloom anymore um uh, but yeah hopefully um i think by the turn of the new year um hopefully we'll have a, a fresh start and, and and start to see a lot more positivity in, in other areas i think 
So, and I guess the advice there is, look, if, if you're going to need components, if they're not widely available, speaking to a program, speaking to businesses that can give you the information you need on the state of the market, state of supply, what's happening and when to expect stuff is probably the best advice. Um, so, I, so I guess we, we probably covered as much of the supply chain as we can without probably talking for another day or so. Um, so, so let's let's move on. So, obviously, I know we've got um, certainly from a, from a program side of things. I, I'm a big, and I think I said when we last spoke, I'm a big fan of kind of old game, new game, and I believe um, this this disruptive marketplace that, that Matt was talking to us about earlier it is something that certainly you're investing in, and I think has a place in the market. So. We covered a little bit of the backstory behind why a marketplace. Uh, Matt, could you go into any more details around exactly what the marketplace is and how it's working? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, we're, we're essentially disrupting the market by openly connecting IT, those two commu- key communities, IT buyers with distributors and vendors. And with that, you know, and out of that, that research that I mentioned earlier, you know, people... People want to save time. They want to go to one location, search 300,000 SKUs, whether it's products and services, including cloud services, um, see live price and stock, you know, uh, particularly stock level at the moment uh, where stuff isn't constrained, like Ian was saying before, um, and, and reassure people that it's, it's you know, supply chain level data. So we, we give them that in our marketplace, show people real-time price comparison across all of these different uh, suppliers, the distis and, and vendors, which which again is giving people that assurance and trust level with us. Um, you know, they want to automatically see personalised discounts, whether they're in health versus education. We all know um, that you know certain SKUs match certain uh, categories, and also there's different pricing for different um, uh, sectors. So. There's deals that we pass through that people are entitled to that otherwise they might not know actually exist, um, which is which is really interesting because that is a major frustration for suppliers as well as IT buyers. You know, yeah, they, they want those deals and discounts. You know that distis and vendors, you know, like yourselves, uh, are creating for a specific audience. You know, they want it. They want to know that oh, I'm in education. I want to be able to see a specific discount tailored to me in my sector. So, so we sh- we show that and share that through. Um, we've got digital advisors and configurators, you know, that, that make finding the right solution and configuring the right solution, whether it's a managed firewall or a surface bundle. You know, we enable people to do that really quickly. And then the final piece really is about customization. So <laughs> perhaps you're in a larger organization, you have a specific need around your procurement piece, you know, we can integrate with systems, integrate with ERP systems, we can we can add custom automation and processes, mm. you know, add custom catalogs, maybe even add additional categories if you wanted to. And that's all, particularly for the procurement space, that's all about governance and control and all that kind of good stuff, you know. But the, the, the marketplace really stems out of this... I mean, I mentioned before about the backstory. It stems out of the fact that people want change. People are, are seeing they're not necessarily getting the deals that they're entitled to, or, or worse, the deals they thought they were getting. And we're, we're being really disruptive, right, in going out and saying, well, we agree with you, and here are some of the margins that you've paid. And, yeah, we agree there is, it is time for change. There is, there is time, to, to, time for a new way. And that's where we're disrupting the market, and that's, that's really exciting. I think I think it is. So on the marketplace side, I, think, I guess marketplace concept isn't new. I think as consumers, we're, we're, we're all used to that. I think the yeah. disruptive part for me is is the approach that the business is taking, certainly around the areas that other marketplaces can't address, as you say, around the accreditations and around the framework. So, so just talk to me about how you would implement the specific frameworks within the marketplace for those in, those industries and businesses that rely on them. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it's it. I mean, it's. It's quite straightforward. Ian will probably give you a more technical response. But from my perspective, when you register for the marketplace, which, of course, is free to register and use, um, we get you to define which sector you're in and we go through various checks to just uh, acknowledge that as well. And then when you log in, say you're a school, you log in and automatically you will have all of the relevant pricing and catalogues matched to you in your sector. So you will automatically start to see any framework prices, any special special discounts and all that kind of good stuff. Um, yeah, and, so, it's the yeah, so I mean, that sets all that up in the background, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely right. So I mean, I guess just to just to just to add on to that. So we have 
um, you know, this, this I guess, is, is, is goes back to one of the, the, core, the core piece of functionality in the platform in terms of solving one of the major, major problems that, that, that exists and still does exist out there in, in, the, IT, in the IT marketplace. So we, uh, what we, we've effectively invested millions into um, a very, very complex data management engine that, that, that drives the, um, the kind of the back office of the, of the platform. And that, and that, data, that data management engine um, really is, is designed for scale. So it's designed to, um, to take uh, data sources from, from multiple supply chain points um, and, and we effectively take um, uh, highly complex price files. Um, we, we, we pull them into this data management engine and that goes through a churn of aggregation of data. So, um, so effectively, you know, we, we, we look at, um, I, I suppose, I suppose the best analogy is, um, is, you know, what, look at what sort of go compare does for car insurance, you know, we, we're doing a very, very similar thing for it. So we, uh, we look across all of those price files. We identify where there's matches in product, um, and then we 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 aggregate those together and we publish the, those on the front end interface of the of the platform. So um, so we uh, we 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 have a we have a, a front engine of a price comparison um, a display, um, but then over and above that, then is where we take these these kind of frameworks and sector discounted price files. So all, there's a whole raft of these that exist in the supply chain. And we put a lot of investment into collating and drawing in all of those price files as well every single month or every quarter or however however often these things are published by the vendors, they also churn through the same data management engine. So it means that, that actually from a customer's point of view, they have the best of both worlds because they have all of their all of their sector discounts they're entitled to. And that's also compared with all the standard channel prices that exist as well so they've and they've got the best of of both worlds so they actually get a true um out and out kind of uh price comparison engine for every single product across the platform uh, as, as as we said i think at the beginning there's 300,000 products this is this is run across um but we um uh we it's completely scalable so in terms of uh in terms of the uh, those supply chain points that we that we extract data from um, we could have a million products in in the platform. It it, it makes it makes no difference to you know the load on our system and and how that works. So we we run uh, we run all of the all of that price comparison on a on a system called Delta. So we we have a genuine live connection between our server and all the all the distributor servers, and we and we're doing constant live calls throughout the day to look for the changes in stock and price. So every time we recognize a change, we, we update that singular change in our system. So it means we're not we're not having to refresh hot, you know, complete price files every, you know, every time, it, you know, you just physically couldn't churn through that data quick enough. So we work on a system called Deltas and we and we and we just look for these changes and pull those changes into the system. So we're we're as we're as genuinely as live as what the channel can be. Um and, and which I think I guess going back to the that you know the supply chain problems is uh, that functionality alone has come into its own now because everyone's after stock. You know, stock has been a been an absolute nightmare for everybody. Whenever stock is there, it goes very quickly, and you know things like that. So having that just that live stock functionality in there um, has been a as genuine been a lifesaver for a lot of customers because they they know they can go into our platform. They've got a a, a complete broad view of of all of the. Um, all of the stock across the whole IT channel, um, and and they can capture that stock there and then, you know. So, um, so so yeah. So that I guess just a bit of a you know bit bit more of an insight in terms of how the back end of the system works and how we manage to to do that. But it's a uh, um, you know it's it's a huge USP in the um, in the platform and the solution, and that's one of the reasons why it's fundamentally different to a traditional ecom platform out there. You know, it's it's a true true platform that. I think as Matt says, connecting a, a buying community to a supplier community, and we're not a traditional web shop. You know, it's not somewhere you just land on. You know, you, you, you put in your credit card details and buy. You know, there's so much more going on behind the scenes, um, and so much more value we're giving back to the customer that it's that it's solving a lot of problems that they have today, really. So, 
Yeah, and I think that uh, it's it, that's an important story that the you know I, I know you affectionately call it the back end, but I think it's important for for businesses to understand actually that this is in, inherently different. It it is innovative in terms of the market that you're in, and it is serving a different purpose to as you mm. said the traditional web shops. And yeah. I understand it's kind of aimed at SMB up to medium sized enterprises. But I, I also understand from the conversation right before that you're attracting quite a lot of interest from large enterprises as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think there's, um, you know, there's, there's a we, we've got a very, very compelling proposition in the platform for large enterprise enterprise clients. And and the reason being is that, you know, what we see a lot in the industry is that there's a lot of a lot of disorganisation from a procurement point of view in large organisations. They've got large buying teams traditionally. Um, they've got um, they've got buying teams who are who are you know going off I guess down their own avenues and um, you know buying from a whole raft of different places, not necessarily buying at the at, you know at the best rates. Um, they've, they've just got a, 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 I suppose a lack of control uh, over over IT procurement and obviously IT as we know is is a highly complex category. Um, it's it's always going to be one of the largest areas of indirect spend for any organisation. So and when you so when you couple those things together, um, you know we we we've, we've got a, a, a solution that answers that answers that problem. You know, so we've got um, a whole raft of functionality in the platform that that gives uh, an enterprise customer all of that control over their IT because it means that uh, they can have um, a, a structured catalog in there. You know, it might be the fact that um, you know that that organisation doesn't want three hundred thousand products. They've got. 500 SKUs that were approved by their business and those are the things they buy and that's fine you know we can give them an, a, a profile that segregates their catalog and gives them a, a set catalog they want that's coupled with their all their pre-approved discounts they you know with whatever pricing agreements they've got with the vendors and things like that we put all that inside their profile as well and they've got all the controls over their users so it means that um, they can, you know, they can set spend limits against their users. They can have approval processes, um, you know, whatever whatever workflows they they want to achieve um, that suits their strategy. They can build that throughout the platform. So, um, you know, even things like you know, author setting authorized delivery locations, and you know, there's a whole bunch of things that um, that they can do. So it gives them that control, allows them to centralize their procurement through an approved source. Um, and and ultimately they're buying at the they're buying at the the best value. Um, they you know they've got time saving efficiencies. Um, you know so there's there's, a, there's so many benefits there to a large organisation. So it's absolutely give us a um, an inroad into that scale of, of of company. And we're seeing a lot of a lot of success around that. We've got um, uh, you know we've got we've now got a lot of large organisations who are, who are who are turning to our platform because. Uh, you know, it, it's it's great timing. What's going on in the world as well? Every you know, businesses want to digitally transform. You know, they want to be more efficient. You know, and and we've, you know, we recognised digital as a way forward many years ago. You know, so we've, I think, from a digital perspective, you know, we I'd, I'd certainly say we've led from the front. You know, from from that from that perspective, we've uh, we, we're genuinely probably three or four years ahead. Um, of, of, the, of, the, of the competition out there in terms of where we're at from a, from a digital perspective. And that's just the way the world has gone. You know, we recognize that people want to want to do things digitally. They want to be more efficient. They need to be more efficient. Um, and, and yeah, so the, the platform answers a lot of those problems, really. So, uh, And I guess just touching on Matt's point as well, linked to that, that's where the customization is, is really coming into its own. The ability to be able to customize this software, make yeah. it the purpose for the target audience or for the yeah. particular client that you're speaking to becomes really important yeah yeah and I, and I think um yeah i mean from a customization point of view we've again we we purposely built the platform um in a um in in a in a, in a low code rapid application uh sort of platform which means that um everything is um, from a workflow point of view, we can customize things really, really quickly. Um, so if, if we want to change up something, a particular process in the in the checkout process or on the product page or, you know, where, wherever it is across the site, we can we can generally do it uh, in a lot of instances, even within within minutes. You know, we, we're not relying on uh, developers to go and uh, recode something or whatever. It's It's built on a um, a unique platform that allows us to customize and change those workflows really, really quickly. Um, and and but we can uh, we we can spin up 
you know, unique versions of the platform for um, for customers if they want a specific experience, uh, whether that be based on their sector, whether that be based on the you know, the sorts of products they want to see, or you know, a whole 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 number of different things. We can uh, we can give them a, a unique version, a unique flavor of that platform very very quickly. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's absolutely a speed to market. Uh, sort of concept and um, yeah, a, a, a great compelling proposition for us really. That's that's really attractive to our customers. So, I was I was just going to mention actually one trend that we've we certainly saw sit we and we've continued to see since COVID to support hybrid or home working is that a lot of procurement um, departments had challenges with regards to sending corporate kit, if you will, hardware, software, whatever it was, um, to end users' homes. Yeah. So we were very, very, very quickly able to pivot and and customize instances for several customers who were, say, giving um, their end users, say, 150 quid ahead, 200 quid ahead, whatever the figure was, um, so, so that end users could go and choose what kit they wanted. You know, what does their homework environment look like from a technology perspective? Go fill your boots, buy it, and indeed set up and have it delivered to your home environment, but still enabling the the, the procurement team to have that control so they were able to do what they call delegate the procurement down to an end user level which relieved the burden on the procurement team but ultimately gave them the control to still you know still still manage that control and mm. and as well as deliver the savings so we yeah and we continue to see organizations come to us and say oh you know we've got this challenge and we're like yeah no problem and we can we can do that and, and move to deliver that for people very very quickly and I guess that's a really important story, actually, because it, it's, you know, I think we probably all agree that the new norm is some form of hybrid working moving forwards. Users aren't always going to be office bound in perhaps the way they were before. So mm. how, how do you handle in that instance, then, those customer requirements where there is elements of integration or there is, you know, a solution being offered as opposed to standalone components? Is that something that you manage in-house? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, um, you know, we, we've got obviously, uh, you know, it's quite clear we're, we're a very digitally led business, but from a, you know, certainly from a solutions point of view, um, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a lot of resource that backs that up. So we're, I think, as Matt touched on, we're, we're a heavily service orientated business, you know, we've got, uh, we have our own engineers, we have our own support desk people, we have our own pre-sales technical consultants, uh, we have our own logistics facility as well, which I think is really important, you know, there's, um, a lot of lot of IT um, IT suppliers out there don't, you know, they completely rely on uh, distribution to do all the logistics. But it means that we can offer a lot of other value added services um, that a lot of our competitors can't. You know, where we can we can use our own facility to do, um, uh, you know, pre configuration, uh, stock holding, scheduled rollouts, you know, asset management services. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that we can that we can do. Um, but actually, we also enable our customers to to still to still procure those solutions and services digitally through the platform as well, um, and and, it, and it's their choice. So we can we they can have um, you know service catalogs inside the platform to procure those solutions. If we've got a you know a pre-configured setup sort of solution that we're running for a customer, they can effectively procure that. As a line item, really, uh, you know, in the um, in in the platform and, and in the in the back end, um, you know, we we pull together all the all the pieces of the puzzle, if you like, to to, to build that solution out. So, um, so so yeah, we've got um, uh, you know, there's a lot of other uh, a lot of other services that we offer that goes on behind the scenes, and, and I think it's important that, that that our customers are aware of that. And we do, you know, we we do make them um, uh, that visible, you know, when when a when a customer. Uh, logs into the platform they have a you know some some great contact features in there there's that they, they have they have live connections with their internal account managers they have all the right phone numbers in there if they need to, to speak to people uh, they can raise support tickets in the platform you know there's all these things we've enabled customers to do to uh, you know to be able for, to fulfill these kinds of solutions so yeah and I it, it sounded to me like the combination of flexibility um, obviously being digitally led, which I think we kind of all agree that's where everything is going at the moment and, and having that access, but also underpinned and backed by the service, the frameworks and, and, and the very good work that the program have been known for for years. Um, it, it's making quite a compelling proposition. And I understand um, also winning accolades as a result. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's an important point, really. I mean, we, um, 
we we you know we've we've got some uh, we've gained some some significant accreditations um uh, you know in in recent years to really you know back up the solution and what we say we do we do you know we've um we we've we're accredited by sips um which is which is massive from a procurement point of view and again i guess goes back to the point of um you know why this is such a great proposition certainly for large corporate enterprise organizations because um you know their procurement teams are likely to be sips people you know they're going to be very focused around um you know a specific a specific code of conduct they follow from a governance point of view and things like this so we we are the only it procurement platform to be accredited by sips uh, again that's that's where a lot of the work comes from that we do with sips um in the background in terms of uh you know educating sips people and in, in terms of how to buy it more efficiently and, and so on um i think the other one to mention as well will be icaw um so institute of chartered accountants so we are again the only it procurement platform to be accredited by by them uh, which is a which is a real rubber stamp to really prove that again what we say we do we do certainly from a financial point of view so um, i have the uh, i have the pleasure of doing the audit uh, with the with the ICAW, so they um, you know they'll they'll come into our to our premises every roughly about every six months, and um, I'll, I'll spend you know two or three days in in a room with an ICAW auditor, and they they literally turn our solution inside out. So um, you know, for example, if we if we have a contractual agreement with a customer, and we say right, we've got a cost plus three agreement or something with a customer they'll prove that it is a cost plus three agreement, you know, and we're not, we're not hiding things behind the scenes or, or, you know, those kinds of things It's a genuine agreement. The other thing that they do, which is really important as well, is that they actually uh, do a lot of benchmarking actually of our platform versus other traditional e-com tools. Um, so in terms of this best value sort of approach, so um, they'll, they'll, they'll take a, they'll take a price from our, our platform and they'll go and look on, on uh, a lot of the comp competitors e-com platforms and do a benchmark to prove that you know in in the majority of instances we are we are uh, the, the lowest cost um and 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 that's what that whole accreditation really proves and it, it gives a whole wrap around and that sort of again that trust factor to um to, to business buyers that, that they're buying through a, an accredited platform and, and and so on you know so um so yeah really really important really so yeah, I'd, I'd shout two others up as well, which, which we've won historically. One would be Queen's Award for Enterprise mm. Innovation, which, of course, we did a, a huge event and uh, we had the Duke come along and do the presentations, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't, were you even there for that, Kevin? I don't know. You might have even come along on the day. I can't remember. Um, but, 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 but there was that. And then the other one was um, an award from uh, an organisation called Sharp Ahead, which is a digital uh, business and what they did was they created a digital maturity index we actually came out as a high flyer right at the very top of that um, ahead of all of our competitors and a whole bunch of other businesses as well um, so that's that that's a, a mark of accreditation the fact that we you know we continue to invest in our, our development of course we've got our development partners sister business in Mercato solutions um, and that gives us the agility both to deliver more solutions for program, but also our customers, as we were talking about um, before. So I'd, I'd shout up those two other awards as well. Yeah, and they're great points, actually. They're, I mean, especially I know the digital maturity ones is, is new on me, actually. It's, it's not one I've heard of before, not covered it. But I think in terms of where businesses are going to have that, I imagine that covers lots around how you manage your data, what you do with your data, how it's processed, and then how ready you are to deliver on the capabilities. Yeah, it's a, it's a, so it's a digital maturity index and it considers all of the things that you mentioned there, plus, you know, things like digital marketing elements, how you're engaging your customers, how you're acquiring them, all those kind of good things um, as well, you know, naturally, as well as the functionality of the platform um, in the in the context, the wider context of us all existing in this digital world, you know, where we're all buying online or at risk or at least spending 70% of the journey researching online before then engaging, you know, via email or phone or whatever else it might be, you know. Uh, and I haven't asked the question, so I hope this isn't a curveball, but the platform itself, is it supported across all devices? Great question. Um, yeah. I, I, go on. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean it's, um, it's, it's absolutely been designed in that way, and certainly from a point of view of, 
um, of integration as well is that um, is that I, I think Matt touched on earlier. It, it can integrate into effectively any ERP system, um, and, and I think that probably um, goes back to my point in terms of how it's been designed from ground up. Is that in terms of the customization of it, um, you know, it can uh, it can change and adapt to you know as, as technology advances and you know, ERP systems advance and things like that, we can, you know, we can shift the platform very, very quickly and easily to, uh, you know, to be compatible and adapt to, to any kind of environment really. So, um, but, um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, um, uh, we, we, from a, from a, from a compatibility perspective, um, it, 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 you know, you can access it from any URL, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's a, it's a, a username and password to access it. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a lockdown platform from that perspective, because we have to, we have to encourage buyers to log in because that's how they get a personalized experience. Yeah. Um, we can't give them a personalized experience unless we know who they are. So, um, so they have a username and password, they go on a URL, they can access it from, from anywhere at any time really. So, yeah. Great. So I guess we've probably covered quite a lot on the supply and the, um, on the um, on the buy and the supply side from a customer perspective. Obviously, suppliers have frustrations in the market at the moment as well. Certainly under the current circumstances, where you know it's not easy for them to take product to market. So, so how does this address maybe some of the suppliers' frustrations? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great question, and and that's part of our USB as well, opening up that supply side to the buyers, you know, and, and overcoming the, the those challenges and problems and frustrations that the buy side has. And ultimately, when we did our research, that was all around the inefficiency of the supply chain, which was restricting growth and opportunity for suppliers, you know, for disties and vendors, you know, um, poor visibility of end users was a, a mainstay uh, frustration that people had. Um, poor performance from marketing funds, you know, uh, gatekeepers, particularly in the form of, of resellers, preventing or withholding these deals that we talked about before, these special discounts and special bids and all that kind of good stuff actually being passed through to the end user community. And then um, another one, uh, another key frustration was around outdated data, particularly around price and stock, which in this conversation we've talked about extensively. So all of those frustrations, we, we, we solve all of those by openly connecting people in a platform, you know, a true platform business-based mentality, um, giving people that, um, that data uh, or the facilities to, to update data in real-time uh, methodology, as Ian mentioned before. And, and going forward, we're, in particular, we're going to be doing a lot more working with our suppliers to enhance that open level of communication with the IT end user community in a, in a structured platform-based mentality, um, you know, opening up uh, more opportunity for people to undertake and manage their own marketing, um, opening up the opportunity for communication of, of deals and discounts that, that, that people like yourselves want to communicate to the end user brigade. So, um, yeah, so that, 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 that in particular is a big focus area going forward as well on the, on the supply side. Yeah, I think, I think we've... Um you know certainly what i've recognized um you know sort of post pandemic the last the last couple of years is that the you know certainly from a vendor point of view in the supply chain there's a lot of challenges there with um with you know ven vendors want to engage with end users you know they what they want to they want to uh, you know get in front of customers they you know they they want to talk about their products and showcase their products and message and all these kinds of things and I think it's probably fair to say there's been a massive challenge in that over the last couple of years because, um, you know, people are working at home and, you know, working in different places, all these kinds of things. It's just not as easy anymore um, for a vendor to walk into a customer and, and you know, have a meeting and those kinds of things. It's very, very different now. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of vendor representatives are probably, um, you know, homeworking themselves and things like this. And, and so, we we recognise a number of a number of challenges like that. So we've um, we're we're um, right in the weeds at the moment of, um, uh, of 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 looking at how we can enable the supply chain to um, to to engage with those customers through through our platform. So we've got uh, we've got a whole bunch of uh, really really exciting features and function that we're going to come to market with. Um, so obviously we've put. 
significant amount of our focus over the years on the customer, which is, I think is absolutely the right, the right thing to do. Um, but we're, you know, we're now starting to, to focus quite a bit on the upward into the into the vendor uh, community now, uh, uh, you know, across the platform um, and really solidify and bring those two things together. And that's going to be some really, really exciting things that are going to happen there. That's, that's equally obviously going to give a lot of value to customers because it's going to allow customers to engage with vendors. You know, if they're considering, you know, switching brands or, or starting to consider other technologies, things like that, we're going to give them um a mechanic that they will be able to do that really really quickly and easily um and uh and and yeah so so we've got some got some exciting things to come which i think will 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 definitely be resolving a lot of supplier frustrations but but at the same time add even more value to the you know to the end customer community so yeah and i guess from my side just kind of listening intently um certainly from the supply side in terms of vendor and in terms of um what it is that distribution partners are looking for in terms of that engagement, in terms of those growth opportunities. It seems like that's a, a really compelling value upstream and, and been able to take the needs and wants of the customers down at the end user level all the way back to the vendor and have them engage. Because as you rightly say, that, that unfortunately, that's not been possible over the last two or three years, mm. but is something that, that all of us are tasked with and all of us want to have influence on those decisions that customers are making, they're going to make a difference to their business. So I think for me, um, that it sounds like the future of marketplaces uh, is coming together nicely and, and very much being about a trusted advisor across the board. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, but I think it's, it's, um, it's always evolving. <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's never going to be a, a finished product um and you know we're, we're always we're always listening to uh to customer feedback supplier feedback um you know and we'll and we'll continue to um uh develop the the, the platform and add features and function in there that's you know to, to to shift with the way that the market is is going you know and, and as i say it's been designed in that way that we can very quickly adapt to adapt to those sort of changes so um yeah we've got a lot of things to come down the road um but um uh but yeah it's uh, ex exciting times really i think as i say the, the world is we're, we're in a digital space um you know over the last couple of years we've seen a phenomenal growth in in e-commerce um and and yeah we we've definitely seen a, a significant ramp up in the number of you know business end customers that that just want to take that you know um consumer sort of lifestyle of, of e-com into the into their business world you know and and start to do things more digitally so we're you know we're really excited that we're at the forefront of that so that sounds great and so from a we'll break it into two areas from a customer perspective or for organizations that are have maybe listened to us today and are interested to find out more about marketplace what the steps that they should take um, yeah, so um, so they can uh, absolutely log on to our website and it's free to register. They can do that very quickly and easily. Um, uh, and if they want to get started straight away, uh, they can go on to marketplace.probrand.co.uk um, and, and say they can register on there. It literally takes 30 seconds um, and they'll, they'll have instant access and we'll profile them behind the scenes. Um, equally, uh, probrand.co.uk is our main uh, main website and get all of our uh, contact information on there about everything we do as a business, all the things we've touched on from a service and solutions point of view and managed services and all that kind of good stuff that we that we do as well. That equally has got the direct links into our uh, into our digital platform. So, um, uh, so yeah, and, and all the all the main contact numbers are, are all in there for us as well. So. Great. And would the advice be there, if, even if it's something they're not considering at the moment, log on, have a go, look around the platform, take the bits you like, have a conversation, and then actually maybe start doing some comparisons? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, uh, and we, but we'd certainly encourage uh, customers to pick up the phone and speak to us as well if they've got questions or, or queries or, you know, anything that they want to um, they want to achieve from a digital perspective. Uh, you know, we 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 love those kinds of conversations with customers. You know, we work very much on a consultative basis. Um, you know, that that's kind of who we are and how we operate. So um, so you know, if there's if there's anything customers want to flesh out from a digital point of view, uh, then pick up the phone and and speak to us about that as well. Really. So um, so yeah. Yeah, 
I was just going to add to that as well. If, if people go to our website, they can also log on and register for the various newsletters, the advisory piece we were talking mm. about earlier. We do videos within around, you know, latest supply chain insights and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, people might not necessarily want to purchase anything right now and have a go and have a play, but they can certainly get some good trusted advice through those channels. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important, especially considering I think um, we all probably agree that, we, you know, there, it's not easing over the next six to 12 months, hopefully six months rather than 12 months, but the next six months at least, the landscape's not going to change. And I know, because I've seen firsthand the information you do publish, you know, it's a very high quality. Worst case, they're going to learn something that's going to help them make a better buying decision, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and, and as Ian said, you know, we, we've actually got um, we've actually got an Ask Ian handle where people can actually send an, <laughs> an email straight into Ian and, you know, you might even get a personalised response from him if you're lucky. There you go, there you go. <laughs> that is a very dangerous subject to be, uh, to be broaching on, on a live podcast. And who knows what you'll end up with? I, know, I, don't, I, don't know, I, I don't know what I'm going to get now in the next, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what my inbox looks like. <laughs> Brilliant. And then for um, slightly selfishly, for, for vendors and distributors that are looking to engage with you on the platform, um, obviously you said the future is you're going to be working closer. Um, what's the advice there if we are interested in speaking to you about what what we could be doing to help your customers on the platform? Yeah, well, we I mean we've got um, we've got a dedicated supply chain team, uh, obviously that 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 I look after internally that are um, absolutely focused around the you know our digital propositions. So we've got a, we've got a team of uh, category specialists um, that, and, and they're the guys that we can align our distribution partners with um, in terms of making sure that, um, you know, that we've got, uh, you know, you, you, your right product sets and all the, you know, strategic marketing and all that kind of good stuff that we, that we want to educate customers about through our platform. So we've got a dedicated team of resource that's there to, to, to support with that. Um, equally, we've got um, there's a become a supplier section on the um, on the platform as well. Uh, we do we do get quite a lot actually of suppliers that register on there. Um, uh, but we we're uh, it's probably important for me to say actually that we are we're quite strict in terms of the criteria of of the suppliers that we allow to connect into the platform, and that's one of the reasons why we have that SIPs accreditation. You know, is because the level of governance we go through. From a supply chain perspective, because we only allow authorized suppliers to 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 feed into that platform, you know we don't connect with uh, grey market brokers, sub distribution channels, all those kinds of things. You know we we only want authorized IT distributors um, to to connect into that platform. So we we go through a bunch of governance checks as well, but we've got a yeah we've got a dedicated team internally that that looks after those kinds of things, and that and that is backed up as well by data management team as well. So, um, so, you know, if you, you know, you've got the, you know, latest product range from one of your vendors, um, then we, we've got, we've got the capacity internally where we can very quickly make sure all of that content is live on the site as quickly as we possibly can. So from a road mapping point of view, we, we've got the latest and greatest sort of catalog on there. So. Well, I think they're important parts, you know, A, being first to market, uh, so the customers are getting access to the latest and greatest as soon as physically possible. But B, also, I think, as you said, you know, that authorised link to make sure that the product that they're getting is accounted for and in line with all the frameworks that you're on and all the accreditations that you do have. And maybe that's not something that people speak about enough, but you know, we see it firsthand, the impact it can have by, by not going through those channels um, later down the line when you are let down because you, you've ended up in a situation where perhaps you, you bought from places that you were expecting to be a type of product and it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a lot of, you know, we we've seen a lot of um, horror stories out there of, you know, businesses going going and buying off other, you know, other e-com sites, and they've they've been stung with you know European stock or, uh, you know, a whole a whole bunch of different things, um, you know, some crazy stuff that goes on out there. But yeah, we, uh, you know, we eradicate those problems by by going through those governance steps that we do. So. So, so what I'll do, um, once we've wrapped up here, we will put some links on the podcast to the various areas that we talked about around the marketplace, around the services, around the framework that you're on. So if anybody is interested, I think, having listened to what we've spoken about, to, to learn more, um, they will be linked to the podcast underneath. Um, so I guess in summary, um, clearly you're a digitally-led business. You've obviously spent a lot of time on innovation in that space. If we're going to sum up uh, to everybody listening, well, you know, what are the three main areas of program that people should really be paying attention to? 
you want to take that one, Matt, or are you me? Or thanks very much, Ian. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try. That's a that's a hammer. Yeah. yeah. Well, in in terms of in terms of what we're up to, so um, fundamentally, uh, innovation. Yeah, you you talked about it there. And sec- secondly, services. And to just add to what Ian was saying earlier, where we're seeing changes in what people are buying and where where our innovation is really driving is commoditizing and utilitizing um, how people can buy services. So go online, configure a managed firewall, drop it into a basket and buy it. We're seeing that commoditization uh, in the same way that we've got hardware and software commoditized in cloud as well. Um, so we're seeing that being a big growth area, growth area. And I guess the third area really would be um, would be around the supply side, which is what we were talking about before. Um, really showing a lot of the, the supply side, the DISTI, the vendor community, a lot more love to enable those guys to really overcome their problems, which, as we said before, is really going to serve the customer much, much better in a digital light, which is, you know, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, I think on that, um, I'd like to thank you both for joining us today. I think it's a thoroughly engaging conversation. I think there's lots of uh, innovation clearly happening there. Uh, we will, as I say, list um, all the various areas that people can read more about uh, what programs are doing and how they're delivering that. So from my side, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you both. Yeah, and, thank, uh, thank you. I look forward to meeting you both very soon. Yeah, great. Yeah. No, thanks for having us. Thanks for that. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks. Cheers, chaps. Cheers. Thanks.